the Damaged Goods Podcast. I'm so glad you're here, though, Scott Kid, because, uh, you know, you're a you're a comedian. You're a man who's who's naturally funny enough to want to pursue uh, comedy as a career. So that means you're a bringer of joy and laughter, and just like full on Damaged Goods confessions. I've been kind of feeling like down in the dumps lately. And like you said, I like to punish myself, so I've been like punishing myself in every which way, which like overeating was the way yesterday. And I'm just like, oh, and like, dude, I, I woke up. I haven't done shit today except for grocery shopping. Big, big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so glad you're here to, to either bring some joy or point out, point out my other um, like, you know, things of punishing myself and such. Are you going to crack? No, that was like your place to make me smile right there. I was supposed to respond or no. something? <laughs> That's what um, well, no, I was just thinking you're saying overeating. Eventually, there's going to be some overshitting. You know? I, I you're just going to punish yourself again. So it's not there yet. That's why I might break the chair. Hoping so. Podcast. You're hooping so. You're going to be. Uh... Dude, I, and like, I didn't eat, you know, not a lot of fibrous snacks or vegetable snacks like at, you know, one in the morning, just punishing myself, dude. It's if, if you ever eat veggie straws, I don't know if they're that fibrous. You know, like that's a veggie snack that's not really is that a veggie. I, I mean, is it a? It's got veggie, I guess. You know, it's like turning, <laughs> it's like turning vegetables into pasta. Yes. Yeah. But then not, then not like boiling it, just like roasting it. I guess. Scott Kid came in here, and I'm like, sorry, I'm feeling a little down. Is it a little dark in here? And you're like, yeah, it is. There's like one light on. That's not uh, helping my depression either. Uh, I got. I went out. You know, you go outside, you get a little fresh sunlight on your human skin. Um, that's why you know I moved to California. One of the big things: get away from ice cold East Coast snow, gray, and you can still get depressed in the sunshine state with all the fucking palm trees if you stay in your fucking apartment with the blinds closed. Yeah, usually, yeah. Uh, vitamin D is very helpful. I hear. You know, I I, t- I take vitamin save, D. How many IU's do you take? I don't, I don't count. Oh, I, I go I just, heavy 5,000. I'm trying to OD. I, I just take like three if it's been like a couple days and like one or two if it's just like a regular day. Mm. But, uh, you know, like if you ever do any horticulture or whatever, uh, the Kelvin of uh, the lighting can also be positive or... Got, well, what's the SAT word, Kelvin? You got to go... So okay, so like, like a, a temperature or color of light, oh. you know, like, but like... The way that they measure it, if you're buying light bulbs, it'll have oh, it on okay. the back. Yeah. So, like, it'll be in, like, the thousands or whatever. Or, uh, like, uh, 2,700 Kelvin would be something like this versus, like, 4,000 would be, like, a bright fluorescent light like in an office. Like that awfully bright light that my girlfriend put in my cool globe lamp that's blinding? Right. But, I mean, you got the globe, which is literally a globe, which is another term they use for, like, covering a lamp. A lantern, you know, is a globe, oh. but it's funny that it's the actual globe of the earth. <laughs> it's very outdated. If you look at some of those countries, don't exist no more. Well, according to a lot of podcasts, it's outdated too. I don't know. Uh... Oh, because it's round. <laughs> the flat earthers don't get a cool globe lamp because yeah, you can't have a flat globe yeah, what... or flat lamp. It's just like you know, Andy. it looks cool that it's a round lamp with old countries on it. Yeah. Um, Dude, not only is he a hilarious comedian, um, but he is a, a scientist who knows his light <laughs> stuff. Scott, Scott Kidd. I'm a scientist. All, all the way fresh back from uh, the great state of Louisiana, home to my favorite city in the United States, New Orleans. <laughs> you is. know, I, I always have to, uh, I appreciate you saying that, and I, I always have to correct people because 
There's a small rivalry because we're a small town. I'm from New Iberia. I'm, Which I've been to as well, passing I'm, through. I'm from, like, uh, Tabasco Town. I'm from, like, where Princess Leia's kid's dad is from. But, like, not the fictional person, the, the, the person, the actor. Carrie Fisher. Yeah, her. So, like, whatever. Uh... <laughs> Uh, but is, yeah. are you from like what True Detective season one? <laughs> That's <laughs> no, like what I yeah, said. Yeah, is, yeah. is it, is I it called the parish? Did we talk about that before? Yeah, like I lived in the in the areas of those that season. I tried not to watch it just because it was a little too. It's close to home. Literally close to home. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's also terrifying. Like LSU E. Uh, there's a there's a town called Eunice, and and like one of the things we used to do is you get in a car. And you drive the Taco Bell, and then you turn around and you drive all the way back to the other side of town, oh. and then turn around and drive back to Taco Bell. So like, I ended up just working at Taco Bell, and <laughs> uh, I uh, I occasionally would uh, score some weed or something because it was kind of scarce out there. Yeah. But it's a college town technically, even though it's a community college town, uh, LSU E. They, we we did the Mardi Gras thing where you ride horses and or or go in like a uh, a parade float, but it's in the middle of a, a rice field or cane field. Like there's not really like they're like doing a shortcut, but the shortcut includes everybody boozing along the oh. road. But uh, yeah, either way, we were wearing these crazy uh, Mardi Gras costumes, and then I ended up seeing them in True Detective, the same oh. sort of thing, and it's like. <laughs> Well, it's not the exact same representation, you know, but then you find out that like old school monks or, or priests or whatever used to dress that way in like Italy or whatever. But then who knows what, you know, angles for their angels or whatever. Anytime I'm in like the woods or nature and I see like sticks in a formation of like maybe a, a thing that someone made, I'm like, True Detective season one. Yeah, or a, some girl's murder around here. Out here or like around Calabasas, like there's a lot of rock formations, but they're like stone formations. Like people either have little bonfires or they're literally <laughs> someone's getting sacrificed. I mean dude Topanga Canyon people was getting or where's the fucking spawn ranch that's in the valley? Well what's the typical sacrificial thing? Is it like a chicken or I mean I mean it depends I think what your budget is. I think if you can go child or human, like that's probably the big one. That's what like the big wigs are doing in but sacrifice. It's not like that's goat or lamb and then they can just make some al pastor Yeah, or dude I love know, good like, curry goat, some chivo. That's not true. That, not that that's al pastor but but, you know, I could go for some El Pastor. Right of now. course, El Pastor is Spanish for dead priest. It's <laughs> oh, kid. You know, I just like, you know, when I'm, you're around funny friends or people you know, it just kind of helps. And I wasn't like, oh, Scott Kid's coming. He's a comedian. He's going to make me feel better. But just, you know, your energy. But being like that you are a comedian and like, do you ever hate telling people what you do if they ask you? And they're like, oh, you're a comedian? Like, like. Do something funny. Dance for me, yeah, man. Exactly. Dance for me, That's monkey. why I tell people I work in hardware or I <laughs> something a, they don't want to ask about. I'm a DoorDash guy, and they're like, I don't want to hear about that. I'm a roofer. About, or I'm working on my old Mercedes Benz, got rust holes in it. Like I yeah. completely divert. Something that no one. Like, if someone says like I work in finance, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I work in uh, accounting analytics. <laughs> <laughs> this dude, I don't know why people like want you. Like it's a circus act with. If you do certain artistic things that are, you know, revolve around performance, like comedy, I think people are like, oh, you must be on all the time. Hit me with a funny joke right now. Or if you know, if you're a certain musician, like, 
I got a guitar in my bedroom. Play us. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, what do you do? You're like, bring me up some groceries right now. You know? If well, you're, you're like a... I'm a writer. You're a surfer. Yeah. You're a writer. But yeah. surfer's not... I don't make money. That's just for fun. Writing but you surf. Fun. You yeah. surf. And and you do martial arts or something, I, right? I did a long time ago. I don't anymore. That's cool that you think I do, though. You don't? No, I, I did. I used to like do it, but not... Like competitively, I you just do, trained. but you were like involved in security or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I did so I mean, there's shit. some kind of martial behavior there. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, you got to know what to do, you know. But I mean, writing, like you know, no one's ever like write me a story right now because it. Although I was at a bar a couple weeks ago, leaving this bar, but I was like, no, I'm gonna go have one more beer. So I go to this small little Irish pub that I like right here. It's like mad people in there, but there's a seat at the bar. I just wanted one beer. And I make the foolish mistake of entertaining this dude talking next to me who's drunk. I'm like, oh, God. And he's not, you know, he buys me the beer before I can get it. And I foolishly tell him what I do. And it's like, you know, one in the morning, drunk. He's like a writer. He's hammered, talking to me about whatever rich business he does. And he thinks that I'm a writer. He's like, here's what I want you to do. Hey, listen, this is what you're going to say. You're going to say in the headline that we're closing this thing as a merger. Thinks I'm like a journalist. Like I work for the Washington Post. It's like, no, dude, I write like books, like stories. Still doesn't get him. And he's like, no, no, no. You got to explain in the article, though, because we're trying to sway people for the sale. Like he wants me to do some shady journalism. Never written for like a newspaper in my life. And he still doesn't get it. So I Irish goodbye them at an Irish pub. Like when he was like going to the bathroom, I was fucking out. I chugged my beer. And yeah, that was my 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 story right there. So we can end the podcast. Uh, that was a good, that was a good story. I, I like that you use the word Irish goodbye. I, oh, I do it all the time. That's my. You don't know what that is? I, I've never heard. I mean, really? I I assumed it involved a twenty two or something. No, no. <laughs> I I'm half Irish, but in Boston, you oh, know, okay. it's a very a lot of Irish people. And uh, Irish goodbye basically means you leave a function or a gathering without saying goodbye to anybody. Which I frown upon as a young man, but I think it is better now because, dude, if you got 20 people, 30 yeah. people, and you're tired at the end of the night, fuck, I'm going to make the rounds. It's all about – and you can't say goodbye to, like, three people and leave because then you're the dick. Oh, you said goodbye to me. Yeah, and let's you be honest. Bounce, dude. If bounce. you if your If your buddy was super out of his mind, like, on acid or something, I wish. do you really want him to come and say goodbye to, like, 30 people? <laughs> He's, right like, standing in a book or globe <laughs> in the room <laughs> the globe, <man>. Goodbye. <laughs> His eyes are pearlescent, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, you want to get, cut that guy some slack, but there's some people who can drive, I guess, in that condition. Yeah, I've driven under the influence of like little mushrooms and ayahuasca before, but never acid to driving. I'm just going to say it can be done because I've witnessed people being able to, but you got to kind of be shamanic or something like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. you've got to really be in tune. It's not it's not like your first it's not like you should go to driver's ed on acid. You know? If you if you do pass that, then you deserve your license. OK, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I agree. But, you know, there might be. Yeah. They might have been on the, some other spectrum at that point, besides just seeing a rainbow. What, um, like, you know, obviously New York and L.A. are big comedy cities. I know that Chicago, Denver, Boston used to be a big comedy city. Is, yeah. is, is New Orleans or anywhere in Louisiana have, like, yeah, a New comedy Orleans, scene? New Orleans is just wild in general. Oh, I know that, I mean, but you know, comedy. like Comedy, they have, they have, it's just like any other, you know, like or in Texas, like Houston or Austin or something. There's definitely spots, and there's definitely a uh, not just a following, but a you know a group of people that actually kind of invest their time into the faith of comedy. I guess it's like or religion or whatever, because it's it's very ritualistic. You know, mm. 
it's kind of like washing your hands or taking a shower. Comedy is kind of a way to detox, but you do it through performing for others. You know, it's like you don't really use comedy as therapy as much as you're supposed to be the therapist for the audience. I, I guess it's like once you're healed enough to to get over your own stupid behavior, then you're able to display it for others and they're able to get over their stupid behavior, you yeah. know? I, that's, that's it, it's almost one. like when a joke becomes hacky is because everyone's already healed from it. Ooh, you know? I like that. It's interesting, like, circle logic, that's circular it, yeah. logic there. But I, Like a lot of therapists, I, I actually went to school... I almost became one. I didn't finish though. But uh, a lot of therapists that I knew, and the one of the main reasons I was going to school for it is like, so I don't have to deal with my own shit. I'm gonna listen to everyone else's. So, and that's a way to kind of heal by not focusing on your own. So it's it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, it's like globalism or Germany or something. You're trying to be that. You got the trivial pursuit piece. And you're trying to get a pie from everybody's freaking like Ugh. category instead of just making your own fucking cheesecake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. But sometimes that rainbow cheesecake is a better uh, assortment for a party, if that's yeah. what your uh, concept is. And I guess Germany parties quite a bit. But they do. They like the, not the greatest senses of humor, but they party hard. But they will laugh at your shit. They you have know? an interesting. Sense they, of humor. Yeah, they laugh at it. They're good at getting. They get the sense of humor. I don't know if they deliver it back as well, but they'll they'll enjoy your jokes. They'll be festive. So like Boston, so you're big on like sports, like uh, Celtics or. I used to be my whole life kind of forced to because everybody in your family, including your aunts and grandmothers, and so I grew up you know watching it, playing it. But like over the last like six years, I've drifted from watching sports. I've always been more of an artsy kid, painting, drawing, music anyway. And I feel like the sports thing was more like pushed and you just kind of roll with it. Where now it's like, dude, I've, I've, I've been to a million Celtics and Sox games. I've seen them by the end, the Bruins and the Pats win. And like, I just rather watch some weird indie movie that might depress me or like, you know, work on a short story or go surfing or take some acid and drive to Taco Bell or something. You're just saying you want to feel something. And yeah, you don't really yeah. from. Yeah. And like, you know, it's just it's just not sucking me in anymore. I appreciate the sport of it all. So if like if you were like, yo, I got some tickets to a game. I go fuck yeah, that's cool, but yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna watch Sports Center twice a day. You know? Gotcha, right? And yeah, when I was growing up, I had some friends who they was like the Bible and Sports Center, and that's it. Oh, dude, you know? yeah, and I mean, I got some family that's still like that. You know, what is Catholicism big in Louisiana? Yeah, I mean, that's a Latin religion. You know, yeah, it's, that's why I was asking. So I mean, the whole I'm not just like from a, the Acadian or the Cajun area, but like the Acadiana. So like it was, what the, does that mean? it's a merger with Spain. So it was French, it was mm. the union, which was already a bunch of different, uh, different <laughs> things mixed together. And then of course, Spain, which was already a bunch of other things mixed yeah. together. But I mean, uh, Acadiana. Yeah. I keep one of the flags with me just because, I always wanted to go to Venice Beach where they have all the different cultures flags and like oh, just yeah. give them that one. Interesting. Uh, but I, I think I want to buy a second one first. I need to see that flag <laughs> maybe. I mean, I knew there was like a, there was a large um, Italian population, specifically Sicilian population in some parts. <coughs> Excuse me. And then of course the Spaniard connections. I didn't think. I mean, and they were both in New Orleans yeah, too. Yeah. So that's that would make sense for a lot of Catholics. But you know, East Coast a lot of Catholics, uh, and I think down south. I think of more like Protestant sects of Christianity, you know, Baptist and Van. What's the one with the, s the snake handling? Yeah, the evangelical? Uh, what know, a tense. I, I don't want to miss. I don't want to yeah. uh, misquote, but I'm thinking like 
Pentecostal. Maybe that is. Or, or I, maybe I Presbyterian, but I'm probably not. I'm yeah, thinking I, it's a P one. I think it's Pentecostal. I mean, shh, dude, but I, I clearly don't know. Don't know. I, don't know. I like a, not to reference True Detective season one again, but they have like the, sh- the services and the tents. But then you see the videos of the joints where they're handling the snakes under the tents out in the cut. Mm-hmm. I really would love to go to one. Not necessarily receive any, like, just to observe and watch. I think it would be an interesting experience. I, it depends on what snakes they're using. Oh, I ain't trying to get too close now. I'm just I mean, trying to watch it all. I, is it venomous or are they just random snakes? I mean, I don't think they're all gardener snakes. And I think the theory, and maybe this is for show, is that they are venomous and that they are not biting you is some kind of, like... Example of the Holy Spirit protecting yeah, no you, thanks. but I mean, you'd have to be a batch of psycho to have a bunch of venomous snakes on your hands, unless you're one of those snake handling dudes who just doesn't give a fuck. You got um, anti venom running through your veins. You're basically just training people to meditate at that point because you're trying not to yeah. secrete the hormone that makes the snake oh. lunge at you. But why would you be in that situation? Got, but if you got like 50 snakes hanging from your hands, I don't know. I feel like that's like some. Hermetic thing taken way too literally, or maybe it really is something like that. Because, like, the Swanee or whoever the guy was who could play the flute or the clarinet or whatever and make the snake kind of like meditate uh, on its own, it's really just manipulation of vibration, you know? Yeah, they run off that, reptiles do. We all do, man. Yeah. I mean, the heart rhythm. We all elect Damn, uh, automaticity, man. You got you, Scott Kidd. I love it, dude. I, I try to I, jewels. I try to stay not so much woke, but awake. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times I just want to doze off. You're uh, interested in acquiring knowledge in various realms, dude. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like if I'm gonna play World of Warcraft, which God help me, I don't do that. But uh, I have a bunch of friends who do, and I tried to for like a year, but. Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, it's such a, an ability to just load up your own, like, digital action figures and stuff. And I'd rather just, as weird as it may sound, be my own. You ah, know what I mean? I, I like that. I respect that. Because it's like you said, you know, when people ask you, hey, you're a comedian? And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, the worst question is like, how long have you been doing comedy? It's like, I have to say something, like, too long, which... To somebody who's brand new might sound super generic, but I'm like, too long is in like two decades. Like, uh, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. I'm gonna go like six decades. But, Hell yeah! But I, I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, it's always nice to have another. Uh, I don't know, chip in the pile or whatever. Yeah. The expression I think it's also be. important to have interest in things you do that are not necessarily the main thing you do. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about surfing for me earlier, like. Writing is my main thing. That's, you know, my fun. But surfing, I have no ambitions to be a pro surfer or, you know, get paid from it. So when I go out, I mean, yes, I like to improve and get better, but I'm just trying to have fun. Right. And it's cool. And I have other hobbies, too. Like, I mean, I might go to a shooting range or I like yeah. to uh, whatever else it is. I do some drawing stuff. I'm just purely for fun, purely escapism. Right. Not my main passion, because even though, like, you love comedy is your main passion, I'm sure there's times where it's stressful and it doesn't feel rewarding at the very moment or whatever. So to have something else, just like reading books or getting certain knowledge in areas mm-hmm. that you're interested in, dude, I, I love having that. I think I have some friends of mine who have like the more traditional nine to five or the, 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 the sec, uh, salary job where it's a lot of demanding hours and maybe it pays a lot. When they clock out or when they're home or whatever, most of my friends like they don't have any single other thing they like to do, they go, they they work, work, work this job. Maybe they get paid, good. 
They have maybe a girlfriend or a wife or kid. And I think when they're home, it's, it's sports. It's like totally, that's it. There's no other hobby. There's no other interest. They ain't picking up a book. They ain't going to a comedy show. They ain't going surfing. They're not really doing much other than just fucking zoning out, maybe cracking a few few beers. Well, I mean, that might be it. You know, it might be too much yeast or something or too many carbs. I yeah, mean, like, it makes you sleepy as a hell. I mean, like if you're just doing a bunch of sodium at work all day and then a bunch of carbs and then it's like, you know, you never really are able to take a shit. And then it's like when you finally... Back to this shit stuff, oh no. When you, when you finally lay down, you're just like, ugh. You know, and it's like, then you got to get back up and you're like, ugh. That was me this morning, dude. I had to roll out of bed, dude. Oh. <laughs> It was bad. Dude. Gotta roll up. I'm slender too, but it just oh, I just feel like there's so many snacks. There's a lot of cereal. I eat cereal for dessert, so I have like a lot of cereal stuck in my stomach right now. <laughs> I bought the healthy cereal too from Sprouts, which like Gorilla Munch or like <laughs> you know turtle snacks, and those will still get stuck in your stomach, kids. I know Gorilla Munch. Gorilla Munch is so good. It's basically kicks, but gorillas on the box. <laughs> you know, it tastes 100 percent like kicks. It's gorillas. It's in a the twelve dollar box of kicks. <laughs> it's like because it's a sold at a healthier store. We're gonna jack up the kicks on you. So somebody. is Trader Joe's all organic? Am I able to just walk in Trader Joe's? I don't know? think so. I think I I don't know. I would always look at a box. Right. I think they have a bunch, but because I think they bank on the fact that because it is something like Trader Joe's, they assume people are just gonna come in and buy whatever. Is, what about Whole Foods? No, there's a lot of their stuff isn't organic there. Okay. I mean, most of it is, but not always guaranteed. Lassens. I mean, maybe Whole Foods and Lassen's more than other grocery stores, but I still think there might be like, I was in a Whole Foods a week ago, and there was a, div a division of, the, of some of the produce, the fresh greens. It said organic and not, so it just, you know, might be just some expensive regular ass arugula. Uh, arugula? Like the salad? Yeah. Uh, Rocket in, in Italy or Ireland? <laughs> I, I love arugula. My, mo my mom doesn't seem to like it, but I don't know. I like that. It's kind of peppery on its own. I love it. And they have like this uh, hot wings arugula salad, but I think it might be fake chicken or plant chicken or whatever, but I forget where I got it. Sounds it, tasty. It was something I got on set or like as a PA or something. But man, that was the best dang arugula salad. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just fiber and water and like staying away from a lot of like electronic vibrations as much as you can. I don't know. I, I tried to uh, meditate and do that stuff. I tried to pray when I can. Mm -hmm. Uh, for whatever it's worth, but uh, the people who like go to work and then sometimes their meditation is just being at work. You know what I mean? So, uh, like having all those thoughts just kind of spin around in their head while they're like focusing or you know not even it's like autopilot or whatever. I have a buddy. He's like uh, based out of Louisiana, but he works in Texas and he does stuff for like oil rigs and. He, he talks about how, like, you know, if you weren't there, they'd basically just be blowing up the place. You know, like, his, his job <laughs> is just, like, he's, he's, like, looking at his phone. It's just, like, uh, it's like that movie Armageddon where it's, like, oh, this uh, engine's out. Oh, no, this engine. He's just, <laughs> so it's, like, he, he he's not going to give away the, the secrets to how he gets hit the job done. But in the, in the long, I mean, in the long run, he's gonna probably have to whenever he eventually leaves or whatever. But like to be super effective and be the leader, he's not gonna like yeah, yeah. give away his secrets. But in order to get shit done, he's gotta rely on a, you know some other people. But 
in that high stress situation, I mean, you're basically doing open heart surgery to the earth. You know what I mean? You're doing like bypass surgery yeah, to the you earth or something. Be 100% hyper focused. You know, it's like, it's pretty big scale stuff. So, uh, to be able to be zen in that moment probably takes a lot more than hot pockets, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. I haven't had a hot pocket in a long time. And I won't go back to that because the roof of my mouth and the tongue and the lips and all that is so very important to me. <laughs> I, I, honestly, they, like, you know, if I was going to burn my mouth, all I need is like coffee or super tea. I, right. I, I have to let my shit cool down. Right. Something you really want and you just yeah. jump at it in hot pockets. It's like you're trying to eat on the fly. Yeah. And it's just like you have, it, the inside of your mouth looks like a mummy if you unwrapped oh, it. It's the worst. You feel like your roof of your mouth is just dangling, yeah. just dangling, skin it, oh, flapping. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. I just... Keep thinking of that scene in Fight Club or that quote from Fight Club about the exact same thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's whatever. But yeah, it happened to me recently. I burned the, the shit out of my roof of my mouth, man. I can't remember if it was coffee or it was probably cheese. Like cheese, cheese is a, will get you, dude. A slice cheese of a pizza. motherfucker. Cheese yeah, will get you, dude. Even a quesadilla from a taco truck. I mean, like yeah, it's scalding hot, dude. It's the best shit, but it's gonna it's gonna burn you, and then you gotta talk with a lisp for the rest of the night. Like nothing, to, everything tastes like rocks and sandpaper afterwards, too, man. <laughs> you go out to a fancy meal and you burn your fucking lip on like the soup that starts the meal, and you oh, got another yeah. hundred and fifty dollars worth of food oh, that you can't no. taste. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you could use that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You should write that. I mean, I, I don't... I, everyone, when you say you write out here, people are like, oh, you write for TV or the movies? It's like, nope, books. Uh, just, I, mean, but, uh, yeah. I write Google reviews, and a lot of them get me in trouble, so I gotta, like, chill on that. But, like... <laughs> Like, are they serious? Or are you just fucking being both, funny? Both? Oh, dude. I mean, you if gotta it's, send me that. If it's Taco Bell, it's like half hilarious. the time it's me trying not to call somebody retarded. But like, <laughs> if it's something that I'm actually invested in or something I actually have to get done or whatever, like, I'm not going to give a LASIK eye surgery or a Google review, but, <laughs> you know. That's serious shit. <laughs> I like, got LASIK eye surgery. Thank God the reviews were real. <laughs> oh, man. I, I might be tempted to but that's the last thing i want to even think like i would have to do you know is that where we are we that far into that movie idiocracy where laser eye surgery we're we're like i think that's not as bad as a lot of the other shit going down in terms of idiocracy references yeah you're right we are pretty much in like the first 10 minutes of idiocracy but uh yeah (laughs) i mean Uh, for 15 minutes uh i that surgery, they basically just shine a light in your eyes. You're <clears throat> you're awake, obviously, because you have to have your eyeballs open. So they give you like some va- heavy volume to just sedate you, and they're you're basically they tape. If you're listening to the podcast, listen with your eyes and watch me. I'm holding my fucking eyes open. They tape your eyes open. It's about 15 minutes an eye, and they drop some eye drops in your eye that apparently totally numb you, and you can't. It's all like like it's all black. You know, they close one eye for, or one eye can't see through the thing, and there's this like little orange dot. You see that, and that must be the fucking laser beam, and you don't feel a single thing, and you are loopy. That's why they make you have a friend pick you up, and then they give you these fly ass grandma straight off the fucking set of Golden Girls blue blocker glasses to wear because you can't see like anything, and they push you out in a wheelchair, and and then you know you and you <laughs> yeah, you have to sleep with goggles, swimming goggles on for two weeks at night like Michael Phelps because they don't want you to, like rub your eye in your sleep, and your and, oh and your eyes are also bloodshot for two weeks, so you look really wow. high everywhere. Everyone thinks you're a stoner, but then you got 2015 vision and you can see a mustache hair on a girl a mile away. It's magical. Although, 
after 10 years or so, they say the quality will start to fade. And uh, like mine now, I'm 40. Um, it's not as good as when I was 30. It's still like better than if I didn't have it, but I just noticed it the last couple of months. I was like, man, I fucked up. What? I, like I see a little not as good from super far away now. I don't need like, you know, I don't need glasses yet, but I might in a couple of years. Which is, I used to have glasses, so a big deal. Full circle, baby. It's a shame you can't do like a O'Reilly's or AutoZone like lifetime warranty, or you just get. I know. Well, that you know. That's where you would need a booster. You know what I mean? Well, they say like you could do it again, and I was, I don't know why a lot of my stories revolve around bars, but I was a few months back. I was at a bar near an airport near the airport, LAX, and you know when you're bars by the airport, you get people from all over. There was this couple, like probably a little older than me, guy and a girl, hammered. And they were from like St. Louis. Um, they were in town for some medical conference. Pretty well to do because they bought me a few rounds. And they're like, one of them, the woman was wasted. Bought my book right in front of my face online. That was very cool. And then I'm, oh, they run a LASIK thing in St. Louis, a high end one. So I'm like, hey man, you know, I got the surgery. He ain't the surgeon. He just owns it, which means he, you know. Um, I was like, oh man, yeah, I got it ten years ago. Should I get it redone? One, he's like, dude, it's not even worth it. You're gonna go through the surgery. It's not gonna work as good for you as it did then, because everyone's eyes kind of lose power as they get older. He's like, you're gonna go through that crazy surgery, the fucking bloodshot eyes, the ski goggles, the you know, the laser beams. And he's like, it's not worth it, dude. I was like, yeah, you're right. I'll just get some fucking glasses for reading and or not for reading for <laughs> subtitles in a few years. Wow. Yeah. Does it get rid of floaters or any of that stuff? Um. I, I don't remember like having a lot of them beforehand. I still get them occasionally. But they do say, and it happens at night, you could get like, they call it halos. If you're driving on the highway, making a road trip, say, from Louisiana to California in the nighttime, like oncoming traffic or street lights could be like a ring glowing around it. A little tough for sometimes for me. Like I already a, get that. Okay, shit. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I see like trails from like acid, from my acid. Yeah, piece, that you know? kind of too. Yeah. Like I'll be standing in the room like, oh, having a moment and you know people will be like what's going on I'm like just give me a second just fucking I, what I thought you said when you said halos is something that happened to me years ago when I was at the comedy store I was standing on a staircase and uh, I, I looked up and I had this moment and I won't talk about the build up but I had this moment where I, I looked up and I saw this big red and green like flashing light that looked like a like a lifesaver candy or something mm. and then like i just had like an out-of-body experience Ooh. but uh after i came to and went to the hospital and blah blah oh blah, shit it was that real you had to go to the hospital yeah but i didn't i, I, I took myself i didn't like freak uh. out or anything but uh i uh i eventually started seeing rings of light like a, a beam of light kind of spin around like the old uh, Hanna Barbera freaking logo or something. Oh like, man! Like, uh, like just say you know every once in a while, and sometimes it felt like it was because I went through like a an overpass or something, a bunch of like cars. But then I re eventually I realized, and I was like an Uber driver at the time. Talk to I get to sometimes have free fucking doctors, you know. Yeah, and, advice. Right. So like, uh, someone mentioned that it might be like heart related like in other oh, words shit. not something scary but in the sense of like we were talking about meditation or whatever something where if you just are more aware of what's going on in your in your heart rhythm and like what you're taking in or what you're letting out you know like subconsciously i could have a moment where i have like a ring of light spin around my eye because of something i was 
you know, not able to think about before or not able to process before, mm. or maybe I got over it or I didn't think about it for mm. a while and it came back and it's like, okay, I gotta deal with that. Mm. And it would happen then. And I was that's like, times, so that's like some subconscious, like that's, you know, and I think it may be because of the movie Phenomenon, you know, like maybe Is that it's that the a, one with Travolta? Right. Maybe it's aliens or something. But uh, I haven't been able like you're we were while we were talking about it, the plug yeah, for your thing. Yeah, I totally thought something else was something going on. Moved. I thought maybe there was a cat in here or something, but uh, in the machine. maybe I did that. I don't know. It was maybe right. you straight up like <laughs> Professor X did it, like Well, you're talking about like some guy in a wheelchair with like his eyes all fucked. It's like a mix of Professor X and fucking Scott Summers. You got like oh, Cyclops. Man, dude. Professor like, Lops. <laughs> Professor Klops. <Xavier> Klops. <laughs> 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 Professor Klops. Dude, Scott, I, I was a you know, I read my ass off with comic books as a kid and you know every comic especially drawing a lot of them so I love that you at least know that Cyclops' real name is Scott Scum Scott Scum well, Scott I mean any wore oh that's right yeah Scott any wore yeah. glasses I mean holy shit I totally <laughs> I mean come on but uh yeah and, and whenever I was a kid you know or we were kids you know like X-Men was kind of like the best one it was like Skinamax you know what I mean it oh. was especially like you know, like between Cyclops and his wife, or like Gambit and Gambit was a fucking a Cajun dude. He was like your neighbor, bro. Hey, pretty he was much. one of my favorites. When He's I was like a kid. your neighbor. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty dope, dude. You know, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Gambit is fun. He's pretty cool, man. If I see a, a Gambit, uh... dude, you know they was gonna make a Gambit movie, like, yeah. and you know who they were gonna have play Gambit? Who? The most like, dude, fucking the... Channing Tatum. Yeah, he's mad ungambity, dude. Yeah. Gambit, for you guys who don't know, was an X-Men character from Louisiana. He, he's Cajun. He uh, threw cards that he was able to charge up with his powers, right. and he had a you know a Cajun accent. And he was like, and he was an very cool. And yeah, stuff. yeah, and he was like kind of shit talky and cool. Channing Tatum is like muscular fucking Magic Mike. Magic Mike, that's what right. What a, a heart! <laughs> I thank God they didn't make it because whoever was working that casting job you should be what? excommunicated from I, film. I kind of, I kind of don't like that the movie came out with that title because I have a friend who went by Magic Mike for like ever. Oh, I thought we were talking. About and oh. and he's like. A, Bro- Ruined him. It He's ruined like him. a Cajun magician named Magic Mike, <laughs> and he, you know, shout out to Magic Mike, Mike Dardall, but like the real Magic. The dude's Mike. been doing magic since he was five. You know, it's He's like a magician. That's the best. Part. Yeah, no, he really has. He really has been doing magic. <laughs> and stripper it, movie. And it's like that. Uh, it's like that scene in Office Space, bringing back Mike Judge again. But it's like I love it, Scott Kid. But it, it's like the guy's like named Michael Bolden, and until yeah. like. Until that guy became a adult contemporary, nobody it gave a fine. shit. Yeah, it was fine. But Michael Bolden used to be a heavy metal guy, you know, like back when like Pantera was like hair metal. Oh Michael yeah, I know. I was like toured with Pantera. Oh, really? With Anselmo solo shit, but oh down. No, no, like the, his new shit, like the the uh, the illegals, like Phil Anselmo and the illegals. Yeah, that's but, awesome, he's, man. He's cool, what was that cool. like? I mean, I was working. They were opening up for Slayer, and uh, so. I mean, I worked for Slayer, but I mean, I was around them all. Phil was super cool. Like, I was around them all all day. And the, the whole band, the Illegals, shout out to my man Mike, one of the ill guitar players. They were super fun dudes. Super psyched to be out there because it was a big tour. We were selling out, like, arenas, you know? So for Phil to be back on that stage, literally and metaphorically, uh, with his band now was pretty cool, I think. And the crowd, like, they were opening, so people were coming early just to see them. It was fucking, it was cool, man. Man. It was cool, yeah. They look, you know what? I always, Scott, kid, you've, you've been on my podcast many times, and I love it because uh, 
I have other friends who like you know are comedians and uh, I've known other people who you know work in the realm of comedy whether more writers or like you know performance like you know being a stand up and I got to say this is totally outside looking at camera but you have a good energy a good personality um I think there's that st- I don't know if it's a stereotype or a notion a lot of people have that you know comedians got to be depressed like all artists like like you know I don't worry it is dark in that side of the room <laughs> but I mean um who is if who's the most depressed comedian Oh wow yeah. uh, I think it's Richard Lewis uh, Richard Lewis, like Richard Lewis from like, uh, you know, if you don't know the Boku juice ads when I was eight. From, or he's on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, right. Curb. That's a good way to find is him. Is he more depressed than Drew Carey when Drew Carey hosted The Price is Right? Because, wow. dear God, he looked so sad at those. You don't want to skip school and stay home and watch That Price is Right. He looked sad. I don't know. I mean, like maybe Drew Carey was the kid from uh, Jerry Maguire and he just had a blood transfusion with Bob Barker and then he turned into Drew Carey. Oh, God. And that's why he was so <laughs> sad. You know? uh, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> but Bob Barker does kind of look like Dracula. You got to admit, even the hairstyle. That the, little microphone. The smile. He's always talking about small animals and shit. Oh, man. Um, he is fucking Bram Stoker's Nosferatu. <laughs> he's like Merv Griffin's Bram Stoker. Um, but no, I don't know. I... I, I it's hard to say who's the most depressed comedian. Probably the one who's the most energetic. Um, oh, the Tears of a Clown style, right? Having some yeah. fun, smiling, never showing you any sadness. Like, who's the most happy comedian? That'll probably be. Caritas? No, he's not. I don't. I was. I would think like maybe Ellen or somebody like. Yeah, I don't know if she's depressed, uh, but she's. I've, not the kind of soul from what I heard. But she's kind of gravitated far from comedy these days. Basically, once she started that daytime talk show uh, and it crossed to become like, you know, America's talk show and you're hanging out with presidents and politicians on their dance and silly. I think mm-hmm. she's kind of left the realm of, maybe it's at her roots, but, I, you know, she ain't going to go up and do a 15-minute spot at the store, you know? I like how you mentioned dancing with presidents or... Doesn't she dance? I have a meme with her and George Bush, the, the famous war criminal we oh, all love wow. as art. She, she I have a hilarious meme with him. Too. I, oh, shook, I'll show you a great I picture. shook his hand when I was five, speaking of five. Which one? You're talking senior or W? Uh, w. Yeah, yeah. You can, if you, you, I, I don't think I could have shook, shook it, it the... It would have cold and clammy. I, I don't think I literally would have physically been allowed to shake uh, the director, former director of the CIA's <laughs> yeah. hand in 89 or whenever that oh, was. Yeah. So clammy. He was actually president, I think, then. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what is he? He was, he was 88 to 92. So, yeah, like junior or whatever you want to call him. Dubs. Dubs. West Side uh, <laughs> I saw the movie. Not impressed. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, like, I thought Josh Brolin did a fine job, but it was just... Um, Thanos. Didn't really uh, draw me in. It wasn't captivating enough of a story. Yeah. Like, he didn't get shot in the fucking head in Dallas. It was, You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, yeah, that's a bit much. But, I mean, <laughs> I, it seems like a... a I'm just saying, like hard the, prerequisite, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do what for this degree? Uh, um, but yeah, that's why I didn't join fraternities. Um, Same high five for that. I don't dude. want any headshots. Thinking for yourself, and I didn't want to have to like you know forcibly drink a gallon of rum in a closet while holding two other dicks in my hands just to make a bunch of friends. Yikes! Yeah, rum. <laughs> Dude, rum is big in, in Louisiana. Malibu and Dr. Pepper was like one of the first things I had in a bar when uh, I was like 15. Uh, because like Malibu is sugar shit. I was tall man. enough to get into a bar at 15. Were you like this size back then? Kind of, yeah. Did I you was have probably facial like, hair? 
No. Oh. No, I always had like the the like the shadow mustache. of a Hispanic mustache in like yeah. high school. It was like a couple penciled on hair. Yeah, maybe. God, Dude, it was yeah, such everyone a... had that one friend who had that full on beard at like fourteen though, thick. Beard. At at like eight. I had a I had a buddy who <laughs> he was like five two in third grade. And that's tall. And then he stayed yeah. that tall. Oh, peaked or talk about peaking early. He dude. literally looked like Wolverine by the time he like the like <laughs> yeah. the actual yeah, what, short Wolverine. stocky. Yeah, like Canadian, like too much hair. Shots. And he was a Muay Thai guy. So oh, it was shit. like, I mean, if you're a fighter, though, you don't want to be too tall. That center of gravity. He nice. was basically Joe Rogan before <laughs> Joe Rogan. You know Do you know I mean? Joe Rogan? Uh, Clearly not at the same time because he's way older than me. He when he's like spent like a long time living in Boston. He lived in the same neighborhood I lived in. Well, oh wow! You know, probably twenty years before me. But yeah, it's not gonna get me on the show though. <laughs> if I, if I write him a letter, it's a it's a conversation starter. <laughs> I I true. asked him about Phil Hartman. He brought up Pee Wee Herman. Phil Hartman. You so. know what? Phil Hartman talk about depressed. Comedians, uh, he, I, I love Phil Hartman, huge that's fan a good of mine. Oh, that's, that's but a he good always cat. felt like, and if you hear the backstories of Phil Hartman's story, God, it sounded sad as fuck. I mean, I think that's a good uh, nominee if yeah. you wanted to do top ten. God. I think, I think people who are already passed away would be a good indicator of. Uh, yeah. well, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. maybe Bob Saget. He was pretty nice. Yeah, uh, dude, Phil Hartman's unfrozen caveman lawyer on SNL. Oh man, that was like maybe my favorite SNL sketch ever. Just anything where you can look down at people with a giant forehead, you know, like <laughs> over your eyebrows, like you could tell he loved uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh man. <laughs> I, yeah, I think he was the one yeah, on SNL. I mean, uh, The Simpsons. Whenever he, oh was, yeah, he was like Troy McClure, and he yep. was getting married to one of Marge's uh, sisters, and it was like a Planet of the Apes, the musical, and yeah, I mean, the guy, the guy was really, uh, he was really smart, and he had a lot of talent, and it was pretty cool. Uh, he he also did like a bunch of people's albums. Like, oh, uh, it skits on him and shit. Like, no, did their art, did the cover really? art. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Dude, like, dropping fun maybe facts. Maybe like three or four different, and maybe even some comedy stuff. So, like, that's pretty cool. That inspired me to kind of like, what avenues can I take? You know, like, I've done like uh, one or two DVD covers and a couple different album, like people's that's album covers. Cool. And, you know, it's. Somebody recently asked me to do their like a redux of one of their documentaries as a new cover, and oh, I'm just like you know, coming up with the right concept and trying to please people and making sure that it's you know it's sometimes a little uh, challenging not for them but for me like for because I don't want to let people down and I don't want to like also let myself down on what can I do what could I you know because sometimes you make something and you're like that's great it lines up it's perfect and other times you're like man. I wish I could have just a little bit and a little bit and then Were you always in like visual art when you were younger? Yeah, I think so. Like when I was a little kid, I I uh used to draw like police sketches of my siblings doing <laughs> things and then hand it to my parents, you know, like I uh you know, like courtroom sketches or whatever. That's great. Yeah, it's uh it's something to just like meditate. You know, yeah. I I like the act of making stuff out of play doh, but I hated Touching it, the, the, the consistency on my hands and the smell the smell does yeah. not go away and and other things smelling like play-doh like what cer- else smells like, like Play-Doh? certain hair products or certain like lube and stuff so it's like <laughs> no thanks you know yeah this the power of like the scent 
of something it triggers I think memory more than other smells. Oh, yeah. Like when you smell like you know salt air by the beach or certain foods or you walk into someone's house, it gives you a flashback of somebody else's crib twenty years ago. Yeah, like or like uh, bounce dryer sheets coming out the back oh, of yeah. a dryer makes me think of my grandfather all the time. Uh, why is that? Because he just—I guess that's what they use. But I didn't think about it till I was older, and I could match the smell. But like, it's like you yeah. said, when it hits you, it's like—it's like, it's like a, a transportation a, machine. Takes it's like you a ghost or something. Yeah. yeah Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that you um, did like design covers and shit, man. That's pretty cool, dude. I I try to do whatever the heck I can, and I, you know, you charge what you can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I was big into painting and drawing when I was young, and I got back into drawing just to do the illustrations of my my two books because uh, my my original artist was having a bit of a time at the moment, and I was down to the deadline, so I did it myself. And I don't think I would have the skill or balls to draw to design other people's shit like that but it feels good still like the, the focus when you're drawing you really can't be anywhere else because you're good i mean don't, you're fucking it up dude you'll smudge it you're gonna you know you got to be in there and like that hyper focus that you get when you're totally zoned in on something it is relaxing because mm -hmm. you're letting all the other shit go surfing is one of the things i get like that now you have to focus or you're fucked up out there you'll get crushed so you'll lose a lot of weight on your back i find when i'm writing even like I am pulling from a lot at once. It's not as liberating, you know? I mean, it's it's good to get shit off your chest, but I'm thinking of painful memories, funny memories. Oh, that's inspiring for this. And so it's like, you know, going back to X-Men, remember Rogue, the uh, the chick with like the, the striped yeah, Gambit's hair? Yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, she, she could touch you, absorb your powers, do some crazy shit, right. but afterwards she was like fucking exhausted, beat, almost dead. It's kind of how I feel like when I, I write for a few days. I'm toast. I'm a rap, you know? Well, you know... <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite programs is just like script writing programs, but just getting in front of like a computer where you understand how to, you know, type or, or do the process is so much better than trying to do the tip, tap, tip, tap. You know, if you are better at just writing with yeah. your hand, yeah. that's great. But the, the whole point of what I'm saying is to actually get on in front of the medium and don't have an idea, just have like a time limit. Or like a deadline, like a day or so that you have to finish it. If you could literally just start writing, and if it is like script where you have to get you know dialogue and and things of that sort, or you're just literally writing like a small short story or whatever, uh, there's a point of just like channeling what yeah. you're doing instead of like you know like you said things can just pop in either like morals to stories that you just had to like live through and then they're going to like reapply it somehow subconsciously or like you literally have like names of people you want to use or con conceptual characters that you you know it's a part of a bigger plan or whatever but just like channeling the actual flow of what the dialogue could mean and yeah. what you know it's almost uh, another form of therapy for me because it's meditation and, and just like how can I actually, like you said, it, not just pull, but like literally make myself a conduit for for uh, the medium that I'm working with. And if you just do it without an actual like intention of anything but actually just writing, sometimes you can make some of the funniest or yeah. most interesting Less things. Less pressure in a way, right? I'm it's just, really just... about feeling it, you know, because then if you can feel what you're writing other people will be able to feel it when they read it. And it might even be so much for other people that they like, you know, they have to like kind of like take their time or it's like, you know, you can be surprised with what you can do if you really pull from an emotional state that's not like, 
how do I, I I'm saying the wrong word, not like emotional state, but like from emotion, like the frequency, like the, you know, like, uh, God, like it's some kind of color on a, a spectrum. Like it's a, mm. you know, like a certain amount of Hertz or something. Like they say, if you record something at 432 Hertz, it's a lot, uh, more pleasant for the audience than if you did it at 440 and it might even have like uh uh negative effects in in certain such or like when they talk about things like the brown note where it's i don't know six seven hertz or whatever but it's supposed to make you uh you know use the bathroom or whatever make you uncomfortable (laughs) so it's uh I, I promise you, you just should just drink more water, maybe. Oh, yeah, uh, I, that's something I do do a lot of that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah, like <laughs> water is a conduit for us too. So I mean, we can do a lot of healing from flushing things out. And I'm trying to learn more and more about that because, you know, we're all getting older. We're all gonna keep getting older, and maybe we can just keep getting older. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's an end, but uh, but. How much are we actually conscious about taking care of ourselves and our own vessel mm. and our own conduit, so to speak, and and being aware of what that means in the future or for the person in front of us? When you um, when you're writing like comedy stuff, I mean, do you kind of just make it a point to like sit down at whatever the time of the day is and like I'm just gonna sit and write, or like do you let ideas hit you? I got this idea for a bit. Let me try to sit and work it out. So. Uh, stand up, yeah. I'll go and take a bunch of bits that I like, some that I feel confident in that I know they'll either work, or I've worked them out a little bit and I want to work them out a little bit more, kind of prove that they work on a bigger demographic or whatever. Uh, for stand up and jokes and stuff like, and just like getting comfortable with what would be the response or what would be the rebuttal I'd have to deal with. Cause it's kind of like a argument with myself, but the audience's response of laughter or booze or whatever it happens to be is the conversation aspect of it. Uh, but improv comedy, you know, it's like you usually work with a group and you're pinging off the people on stage with you or behind the camera or whatever. And, uh, to be able to util- utilize that as stand up and making the crowd the conversation that you're having, you know, it's it's another way of uh, adapting it. But whenever I'm writing a bit or something, it's because I probably worked it enough times to where I like it, and I want to just either um, do like finishing carpentry on it, you know, like finishing up, polishing up on it, or I'm actually trying to break it down and make like a a long bit or let's say i have to do a sketch or we're working with the team and we just have to it's like letterman top 10 of the actual you know breakdown of this topic so like why did the chicken cross the road boom 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 let's get 10 fucking reasons so like as dumb of a setup as that is i think it it, it kind of makes the point but if i'm literally uh, at work whatever it is I, that's why I try and be an independent contractor to where my hands aren't like really occupied that much. Uh, like if I were cooking nonstop, cause I've done that kind of stuff, I wouldn't really be able to be like, wait a second, give me one second. Joke, 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 shit, dude, shit. 20 orders just came in, you know, like, but like having conversations for a living or being in an office setting or being somewhere where it's like, I can actually jot things down will be more, 
helpful, but I don't know that my flow will be as good because I'm not interacting with the real world as yeah. much. So. I think it's important for all a lot of artists, if not all, to be able to interact with people. And, and you know, you got to go outside. You got to see people like experience things. Um, for all writers, comedic or otherwise, like you know, I know some people who don't really experience shit. They they're very prolific. They work a lot. They write a lot, but they're inside or their desk or at their home desk or maybe their their company's office if they write for some publication, and they don't really get out there. Like they don't really experience the subjects of whom they're writing about, or they don't. You you have to have life experience as is to have comedy bits, to have mm -hmm. books, to have music, whatever you're doing, you know. And some right. people, I kind of can tell when I listen to certain artists like, musically or or something like they're not really out there living. This is just what they imagined it to be, you know. And it feels stale. Yeah, it's because they're they're putting on Lego hats and stuff. Like they're putting together little parts mm. of it's like what I was saying about Warcraft or whatever, video games. Like yeah. they're putting their their character and they're taking it a little too literally about the design aspect of it and not mm. so much about the um the render aspect or the, you know, application of it. But what I was saying about or to answer your question from earlier, basically if I'm working and I'm in a position where like you know, like just driving from state to state or whatever. And I just come up with something because I'm able to meditate on the road. I, it'll just pop and I'll either be able to do word to speech. I yeah, mean, I use that a lot. You know, or text to speech it's or great, whatever. It's great. Speech to text, whatever the hell it's called. When you're driving, it's a lifesaver. Yeah, it's, it doesn't always come out perfect. But, uh, but yeah, that or just like trying to jot it down. I literally, I have a... I mean, I I don't want to be too secretive about my method, but I'm a secrets keep, are cool. Keep it secret. I'm gonna maybe. keep my secrets, it's like but over the prestige. But what I'm saying is that uh, you know I have like a notepad, and I have probably at least twenty categories in the notepad of things to write, and then each category's probably got twenty plus plus actual things. So like, I have one that's just punchlines. I have one that's sketches. I have one that's like scenes that I would create, you know, like, oh, yeah. so that way scenes is basically me writing uh storyboard, you know what I mean? But it doesn't necessarily have to have a chronology. It's literally just a uh, collection that I can process later whenever I want to write, or I can do what Anthony Kiedis did when he was trying to like heal himself from their guitarist dying. Like I'm literally putting it down. And when I put it down, I'm memorizing it in yeah, a way. I found Back when I used to write like music and stuff, um, physically writing, like the act of physically writing, I remember it instantly. Or even in like school studying, if I was taking notes from a book, like the act of writing it with my hand, I feel like I got it more so than if I'm typing it, right. you know? Absolutely. Maybe that was just me. No, yeah. absolutely. That's uh, like the English language. There were people talking about how I heard on a, another podcast, they were saying like, English, like English, like they try to say like Angelus or like angels or whatever, but also like angles, like English and cursive is literally written yeah. at an angle, but it's also like, you know, you could do that with Latin, you know what I mean? Or even uh, maybe even like uh, uh, an Asian language or something. I guess you could put it at some sort of slant. But I think it's literally us like spelling things out, like literally putting it onto paper. And 
something about cursive too. Like I do like a short. You still write in cursive other than your signature. Yeah, of course. I mean, I lost it all, but my name, dude. We haven't used it since like third grade. I I can still do a Q and a Z, a capital Q and a Z. I got to see my last name, so I have to get that one. Well, okay, but is it ever a capital Z? Can you do a capital Z in cursive? (laughs) It's not that hard, but I mean, it's weird looking. It looks more like a GE. You have to take that like in school when you were young. I had to like do yeah. penmanship. And then then the computer That was a come class. Out. Yeah, handwriting. penmanship. And then you get the fucking yeah. the computer classes come Typing. out and it nullifies the need of that. And that's like I mean, kids today probably don't even know how to do anything but their names. Do they is, have typing classes though? Like I literally had I to know, take a they, they, typing I that too. class. Maybe yeah. not because it's just so such readily scene, available. You know? you know? Yeah, they at home they probably have it. You know, like a computer or something they're typing on. Yeah, and speech. I mean, they have predictive text too, so you could literally half your page oh, could yeah. be like just what people. Cheating must be so easy nowadays. Yeah, it's man. not even cheating; it's just yeah. input. You know, it's like cheating was so much. It was like tact. It took skill. It was like right. an art. It, it was an art. Yeah. I mean, dude, you had minimal ways to cheat. Kids would write microscopically on things and tape it to like a water yeah, bottle. Or... You're trying to be a magician. Yeah, yeah. sleight of hand. Magic Mike. There you go. Tying it back in. Right. <laughs> cheating now is just like you have. I think they expect you to cheat. They're like, you're going to Google it anyway. You don't have to. Yeah. I wonder, like, the ratio of people who cheat in school versus cheat in relationships other than that. Ooh. And then, like, has it changed over time? Is this what my thesis will be about? Like, yeah. No, it's not. It's, not. <laughs> it's definitely not. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. It's like uh, when the show Cheaters came out, at what point was, like, school cheating becoming a thing of the past and then like when the show cheaters eventually dissolved it does it still air i don't know <laughs> but uh you know was that where everybody was straight up on iphones at this point where you could just record everybody anyway it's like it's cheaters was like relationship narcs or something you know like it was like i and it was fake or whatever it was supposed to be like jerry springer or it was, whatever. No, somebody got stabbed on that show and that's why they took it off the air dude <laughs> i think actually the host got stabbed by some dude who got in trouble for cheating i could be totally wrong that Don't sounds like that sounds like some bullshit so listen but... scott kid when we end this podcast we're gonna go on the interwebs and in our magical fucking pocket computers and we're gonna look this up i got a gut feeling Terrible. something violent like that happened and that's why I was much more of a fan of Blind Date. That show was way better. Same time period. Two, two people go on a date and pop-up videos just make fun of them the yeah. entire time. And that's gone now, too. There's no such thing as a blind date anymore. I mean, people are doing serious recon on before they meet somebody. You've got yeah. phones and pictures and social media. You could stalk the shit out of someone without them knowing and see every pic they've ever posted. That There's happened no to me. I, f- no more. I found out some, some girl who liked me knew me for like six years and like we were friends on Facebook or some shit. It's like, it happens, you know, it's like, it's whatever. And then it's nowadays with all the, uh, the bots and whatnots and bullshit on, on bots, social media. The and the Wattses. Yeah. The Wattses and the, Sound anyway. Like Bill, Bill Cosby. Like a, <laughs> I can't do a Bill Cosby. So. I'm not going to do a Bill Cosby. Uh, anything, uh, any impression. Uh, I grew up with picture pages, but, uh, anywho. What were we talking about before we diverted to uh... politics? This whole podcast <laughs> yeah. is about it's all about politics. God, I don't, I don't vote. That's one of my bits I've been working on. Like anybody who uses a mail-in ballot is a fucking idiot. 
Y'all should be using female in ballads. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Dude, oh, I'm glad you came, dude, because I need to chuckle and laugh. When you leave, just so you know, these laughters will turn into tears, and all the lights will go back off. That's okay. Just eat some soda crackers and make some soup or something. Mm -hmm. like. Well, you know, it is the holidays, bro, and for you especially. I don't know what you celebrate, and that doesn't matter, because what I got you for Christmas, <laughs> just so you know, under the tree is the Cheaters DVD box set. <laughs>